Our scripture this morning comes from two places, from Genesis chapter 2 and then from Romans chapter 12. As we approach God's word, will you pray with me? May your most gracious Holy Spirit draw us close as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed. Let all other words slip away, that there would be one voice we hear today, the voice of truth and grace. Amen. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one is taken. And from Romans chapter 12. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the encourager in encouragement, the giver in sincerity, the leader in diligence, and the compassionate in cheerfulness. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. A few Sundays ago, I happened to be standing next to Eric Munson in the narthex after 8.30 worship. He looked across the way to Sandy Hale, who was pulling on her coat, and he just said, woof. If you even say woof, it was more like he woofed at her. And Sandy was not insulted at all. She instead smiled and I could not have been more confused. (laughs) I know Eric to be kind. Eventually, Sandy woofed back and then walked out the door to the remainder of her Sunday as if this was completely normal church behavior. A few moments later, I was in Vance Barron Hall teaching Sunday school. We're doing a class called Confirmation 2.0. In our tradition, confirmation is the time when eighth graders learn about the faith. 
We talk about the Bible, we talk about God, we talk about why we come to the table and pour water in the font. And then if they choose, those students can confirm the vows that their parents spoke over them at their baptism and join the church. But we figured that all, all that learning shouldn't just be for eighth graders. So we adults have been having a good time in class, at least I have. And there have been some really excellent questions that have been asked. One of them came from Sam Sakai. Sam and Sarah and their four adorable children joined the church in the past couple of years. In class that morning, we were talking about theology, grace in particular, how we are saved, made right with God, only because of who God is, not because of who we are or how we act or even what we believe. It's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. So Sam, brave Sam, raised his hand and asked, well, if God's grace can be trusted, then what am I supposed to say to my kids when they ask me why they have to come to church? If you don't have to come to church to get the grace, why do I have to come at all? There was a chuckle that rippled across the classroom. I just heard it. It's a knowing chuckle from adults who were once children who perhaps were forced to come to a place like this, or from parents who have stared into the pleading eyes of their own children. But Sam's was not a question about parenting, though that's a good one. It was a question, I think, about this. What are we doing here? Here's what I believe. God made us for this, literally built us for this kind of community. Do we have to come to church to receive the grace of God? No. But we do need this to be fully human. At least I know I do. I have to admit that as a woman, I've always liked the first creation story better. God creates humankind in God's own image, male and female. God creates them at the same time and says, wow, they are very good. Genesis 2 also narrates creation. And in this version, God makes the man first, then takes a part of him to make the woman And it's so often read as a story of marriage and so often interpreted in ways that say that the woman was created, was made for the man. And that has also turned into some interpretive implications for our queer community. You've heard it. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Makes my skin crawl. But church, why should we abandon our story just because other Christians have twisted it? If you go back to the text, God says it is not good for the human to be 
alone. So I will make a helper for his partner. Now, it's quite fun to read how different translators have put the Hebrew into English here. The good old King James says that God will make a help meet for him. Others say God makes a fitting partner or a partner suited to him. It is clear that what's happening here is there's a, there's a belief that a relationship is essential for life. But I don't think that's the same as saying everyone is going to be married, woman and man married. I don't think that's what this text is about. The best clue, I think, comes from what happens next in the story. God makes animals, a red wolf with cozy fur. But then God says, my, what long teeth you have. You're not going to work. God makes a gentle giraffe. That neck, wow, too tall for this one. God makes the eagle and the hummingbird impressive, but that won't do. It's a delightful scene, is it not? All of creation, a parade of possibilities, from the Punxsutawney groundhog to the ram with Carolina blue curly horns. But none of these animals work. It's only when God makes one out of the same strong, hard stuff and warm, yielding stuff, bone of bone and flesh of flesh, only when there is one who is equal does the human find a friend that fits. And then, and only then, when there are two When there's a group, when there's a community, only then is the creation story complete. I think what this is saying is we are made for each other. We're not supposed to do this life alone. Woof. Dogs are great, but we need humans. I asked Eric why in the world he barked at Sandy Hale. And he told me that they had been neighbors for decades. And in the mornings, they would walk their respective dogs, Buster and Cubby, and they would greet each other with a good morning and a hello. But then Buster died. And Sandy would be out walking alone. And so Eric started hollering across the street when he would see her. Woof, woof, get a new doggy. Which eventually got shortened to just woof. And then when Cubby died, Sandy followed suit. And so this sunrise community ritual continued for 10 years until Eric and Annette moved out to Farrington. And so now, it happens in the church narthex. (laughs) Community and connection is what we're made for. A couple of weeks ago, there was an article by Rabbi Sharon Bruce in the New York Times where she described another ritual from a long time ago, from the time of the Second Temple Judaism, 
where thousands of Jews would climb the steps of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem and enter into this enormous plaza. Pilgrims would turn to the right in mass and start circling counterclockwise. And meanwhile, those who in that particular year of their own lives were brokenhearted with grief or illness, they would be part of the same ritual, but they would turn to the left and circle in the opposite direction, walking against the current. Each person who encountered someone in pain would look into that person's eyes and inquire, what happened? Why does your heart ache? And then they would listen. They would really listen before responding with a blessing. May the Holy One comfort you. You are not alone. And then they would continue to walk until the next person approached. The whole article is worth reading. It is stunning in its beauty and wisdom for our modern, messy life. But I got stuck on that picture, and I wanted to call Sam Sakai and say, this is why. Because we, who are recipients of grace, we are made to step toward each other. Even when we cannot fix each other, we're called to step forward to each other, human to human, bone to bone, flesh to flesh. It's no mistake that years later, when followers of Jesus were trying to figure out a way to talk about the church, they used the image of the body If God took a rib out of Adam so that humans could have partners and friends, people to woof at them in this life, then why would the church not be defined as part of Christ's own body? It makes all kinds of sense. Paul says that we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of it. We are all different, sure, with varied skills and interests, but connected all the same, encircling one another on streets and in the narthex, reminding each other that we are never alone. And church, because that is so, and because I believe it matters so deeply, I'm going to end this sermon by doing something that makes me very nervous. So you're going to have to bear with me. Churches used to have a tool that would encourage and facilitate connection between their members. A tool that I, as your pastor, am asked to reproduce no less than once a month. And that's not an exaggeration. Raise your hand if you remember the Olin Mills Church Directory. See? Now, raise your hand if you have ever wished we still had one. Okay. 
Maybe you had a conversation with somebody and you think their name starts with a K, but you can't really remember why and you want to look them up. Or you're on the nominating committee and someone has been nominated whose name is Robert, but you can't for the life of you picture what that Robert looks like. There are 1,200 reasons why a tool like that is helpful. And if you are a visitor today, your reason 1,201. But let me break your collective hearts. There will never be another Olin Mills Church directory. Because most of us have these. And on your phone, you can access a different kind of tool, which is our church database called Realm, Realm Connect. Now databases, as you scientists know, databases are only as good as the information that you put in them, and you know your information best. So take a deep breath. Joey is going to play some music for about three full minutes while you take out your phone and open the Realm Connect app on it and upload that beautiful selfie that you took earlier. The instructions for how to do this are in your bulletin. While you're there, hold on, don't, you can get it out, but let me finish talking. While you're there, make sure that all your information is correct. And lastly, there's a place for you to add your skills. Those are things that you're good at, right? We have lots of different options. You just click all the ones that describe you. And add your interests. Those are things that you might like the church at some point to ask you to participate in. That doesn't commit you to doing it. It just says, you know, maybe I might like to do that one day and it'd be okay if they asked me. Now, if you are a visitor, or a young person who is not old enough to have a phone yet, you still have a job. There are people around you who are gonna need help with this. <laughs> and if you are a church member and you don't have a login, we can get you one, but we can't do that right now. You'll have to email us. And if this is completely too much for you, just pray it blesses the person next to you. Because church, the grace of God is already yours. But I'm glad that you are here. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I'm glad we're here together. Woof.